Heavenly Features is an 18 Maiden Lane production. Hi, Kim here. Uh, just at the top, uh, I'd like to uh, put a little disclaimer. Um, me living in rural France at the moment uh, means that the internet is a little iffy now and again. And we actually recorded this during a bit of a storm. So the internet was pretty shocking. Um, so yeah, just heads up, uh, there's a lot of interrupting and little bits. The internet actually cut out numerous times during this, uh, but we did our best. So hope you uh, can suffer through. Thanks. Today we will be talking about It, uh, directed by Andy Muschietti, based on the Stephen King novel and Ginger Snaps, directed by John Fawcett, and the story was written by Karen Walton. Content warning for this podcast, we do discuss themes of mental health, bullying, self-harm, suicide, and sexual assault. Hello and welcome to Heavenly Features, a podcast where myself, Kim, and Sophie... Hello! Uh, take two films each week that we recommend to each other, uh, and then just discuss them at nauseam. <laughs> we sure do. Um, <laughs> so get uh, ready to be absolutely sickened by how much we talk absolute <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> so Kim is living away from me at the moment, which is just rude. Um, but she's living in France. I'm living in England. So we're going to, you know, because we can't get together and watch movies together as we normally would. We are instead doing this in this format over the phone, over podcast, um, <laughs> and discussing the films that we watched that week. So... To start with, Kim, which film did you uh, recommend first? I recommended It. Now, uh, this was the 2017 It. Not the one with Tim Curry. <laughs> no, no, afraid not. I didn't. I didn't want to go full camp for you. Oh, but I would have loved that. <laughs> I know. But I've I'm seen. To... Sorry. Sorry, I was to say I've seen the uh, the 90s one, and I fucking loved it. It's ridiculous. I know, <laughs> I know but I wanted because, well, for, I mean it. It's, it's October at the moment, so I'm getting into the spirit of Halloween. And uh, I wanted to, you know, ease you in gently with a nice a nice horror that's not too gory, not too scary, but also well, not complete camp. That is true. Though I must admit, personally, I found this film to be interesting. I thought it was actually quite camp. Maybe that's oh, just yeah. me. <laughs> Okay, no, good. <laughs> it it is it is camp for sure, but it's not it's not Tim Ke Tim Kerry Tim Curry camp. <laughs> well, I mean that's a special kind of camp. <laughs> um, so, uh, but there was a lot of ridiculousness in this film, which I did quite enjoy. Yes, um, perhaps not in the way that I was meant to. Um, and I feel at, through a lot of this this film, um, perhaps I was thinking too rationally about some of the things which we will talk. <laughs> But we'll get to that. <laughs> I have some very petty complaints. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I assumed you would have. Well, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do love a moan. Uh, yeah. So is this a, a film that, before I like rip it to shreds, is this a film you like? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, do, I, do, I do enjoy this film and I enjoy It Chapter 2 as well. Um, I am a fan of Stephen King anyway. Um, and yeah, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed this film every time I've seen it. Um, yeah, I just, I really like it. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite horror by any stretch, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. And the second one is also mwah, so good. 
Okay. Well, I haven't seen the second one yet, so who knows? Maybe in the future. Though, as you said, horror is not normally my genre, so we'll see if I ever get around to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at procrastinating on things I'm not as interested in. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll force you to. Oh, thank you. Um... <laughs> Um, so so I'm, I'm getting the impression from your comments that uh, this this isn't a film that you would I I don't know maybe watch again. I think I would if I was going to watch it with like other people, probably drinking and having a, a, a good time because I I just I didn't find it very scary and when I don't find a film like a horror film very scary I usually end up finding it almost humorous, which. Right. Not necessarily in a bad way, because I really enjoyed it for that reason. Um, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Though, in all fairness, I'm not scared of clowns, and that might be why it wasn't scary to me. Some other people might actually find it scary. Um, yeah, actually, that's a good point, because I'm not scared of clowns either. Um, so this was, so, yeah, it's not... Yeah, it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh God, there's a clown! Um, well, that's the thing. Whenever there were scenes of, of Pennywise just kind of like looking at them like in a really mean way and going and doing like almost like that weird Joker voice. Um, yes. <laughs> I was just like, are we meant to be scared? Because I'm not scared <laughs> of clowns. I was just like, he's just doing a funny voice and looking a bit weird. <laughs> See, uh, I the first time I watched this film, I watched it by myself. Uh, and then the second time I watched it, I watched it with uh, a friend who... It reacts very much to horror films uh so she like she'll <laughs> scream and she'll like get scared and jump scared and it's so it's so entertaining to watch horror films with her um <laughs> i highly recommend watching any horror film with someone who gets so into them that they actually scream <laughs> just it just adds another layer of like brilliance to it um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared of clowns. Yeah, so it's like but... not just the enjoyment from the film. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sorry. you get to enjoy their reaction. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will just preface this uh, with my internet connection in rural France isn't great. So any time that we are talking over each other, it is purely because of the delay from my internet. Uh, you never know. It could be mine, and I'm just not aware. <laughs> I mean, yes, but we'll blame. <laughs> we'll blame the fact that I'm in rural France. For, uh, for it this week, anyway. <laughs> okay, next week I'll come up with an excuse. And <laughs> like, yes. My cat is is playing with the internet and it's not working. Um... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just ignore the fact that we're both just get excited and chat over each other even when we're in person. Exactly. <laughs> but... um, so with with it's... me, this film, I thought a lot about like I, I liked the bits about how it was their own personal fears that came from different experiences. Yeah. Because for me, that's that's much more scary than a, a monster. Like, obviously, they manifest in monsters, but the, like, psychological trauma behind it is much more scary than, than a fictional monster. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think, like, if, if, like, as being serious about this film and not just, like, seeing it as being, like good dark humor campy fun which mm. is how i personally viewed it. it for me it was like watching serial mum you know there's dark things in there there's lots of violence and things like that but it was also fun and not scary um and uh but for, if i'm going to be serious about it i would say that this film is um like 
the message I could kind of grasp from it is like they're questioning whether kind of monsters are the scary things or whether it's actually, you know, a town full of abusive parents, apparently. Honestly. Um, are humans more scary than monsters was kind of the overarching message I kind of got from the film. And the answer um, to that is always yes. Humans are terrifying. <laughs> well, because I think like the all the characters basically by the end are, are usually more scared by the experiences of their own parents than mm -hmm. they are by their experiences with Pennywise. Because if anything, yeah. their experiences with Pennywise actually bonded them together as a group, whereas they suffered their own abuse like sexual abuse, um, Munchausen's by proxy and all that shit, whatever yes. was going on. All of that was uh, kind of, they suffered that by themselves a little bit more. Whereas yeah. um, when they were tackling a monster, they were actually united in friendship as with a goal against whatever. Yeah, and, and um, with that as well, being able to see and share your fears with a group of people is quite cathartic and... Whereas previously, if they, they were just the people that are meant to care for them and meant to be the ones who they can always turn to are abusing them. Like, they've got no safe space. And yet then they found this group of kids that they could bond together through trauma, but it's their mm. safe space. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I have to say, one of the most horrific things I found in the film was actually when that man shot the goat or sheep or whatever it was. Oh, don't. Oh, I can't. That was I, the yeah. most horrific thing. I mean, obviously, you know, we're both like non-meat -eat, uh, eaters, so um, maybe that skewered that a little bit. But and that was another argument towards my, are humans more monstrous than monsters? <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, anytime there's any sort of animal killing, I'm like, no, no, I can't do it. <laughs> Whereas a, a human, I'm like, yeah, kill them. It's like, well, I know that's not real, even though they know they probably didn't kill that sheep. Though I well, no, really of course, hope they didn't. of course they didn't. They, they, they would not get away with that. This was only yeah. in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, I don't know. Like the humane animal, kind of, what's it called? The Society for the Humane Treatment of Animals, or whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know if that extends so much to farm animals that would also be killed that way anyway. Or whether it just extends to like I don't know horses and dogs. Um, do you know what I mean? It, yes, but it, when it comes to like Hollywood movies, they definitely I like do the whole okay, we're not going to kill anything on set because okay. they'd have okay. a, like uprising. Even if yeah. they don't do it for their own morals and ethics, they'll do it because they'll get people striking. Okay. Okay. But fair enough. Oh, it's just horrendous. I, yeah, I hate I hate things like that. <laughs> One question I had right from the beginning is because uh, I accidentally started watching it too first and then realized when the credits came up, oh, I'm watching the wrong one. Um, <laughs> classic. Um, so obviously I noticed it in both that one and this one. So why do you know why Oranges and Lemons is the theme tune for it? No. no okay. I, do not. I just wanted to know if there was a reason. I know you're, re you're reading the book, aren't you? I am. Yes. So I didn't know if it was like a reference from in there. Uh, not that I've actually picked up on, no, and I'm, I mean, I may well have just not, like, not realised the reference or something, which happens quite often, um, but no, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard any reference to it 
Um, okay. But it might just be because, you know, kids type of songs are always creepy. That's true. To me, it reminded me of being in the 90s with like one of the only cassettes we had in the car. And it was an Oranges and Oranges and Lemons was the name of the cassette. And so for me, it was just like it was more distracting than maybe it was meant to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, I like this song. <laughs> okay, so it had but, the opposite effect on you yeah. than probably it was going for. <laughs> mm, I was like, oh, Oranges and Lemons, says the bells of St. Clemens. <laughs> Where I was, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, kids, kids music, creepy. <laughs> maybe that's the problem maybe i was just like overthinking things a little too much <laughs> yes mm. yeah you you do have a habit of of doing that though whereas like yeah. i find with me if i'm watching a film especially for the first time i will watch it for the like film and then i'll maybe analyze it after a bit more but i think you you have quite an analytical mind anyway so you analyze things as you go Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know, though, because I'm reading my notes that I made and I can't understand them. <laughs> you think you've got I issues. Get. I can't even read my own writing. So, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. I, so, for example, I wrote, kill you. It's a bit of fucking paper, mate. Seriously. What kid makes friends with someone in a sewer? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Because his big brother had made him a nice boat out of paper, the paper boat. Bill had made Georgie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Georgie had lost her, and he he was worried that that Bill would be upset. But I also think that because you don't really like children, you're like that might have skewed it. (laughs) I was like, oh, just go make another one, mate. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have the same sentimental attachment as he had to this this paper boat. Yeah, and also probably not to Georgie either. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> You're like, look at that idiot crawling down in a sewer. <laughs> One thing I, oh, you know, by the way, have you watched Stranger Things? Yes, I have. Because I'm, I feel really bad. I don't know his name, but it was the guy from Stranger Things in this, wasn't it? It was, yes, absolutely. I was like, does he live in the eighties? <laughs> it seems to be his niche. Well, I think he's I got know. that kind of dorky, like. Nerdy 80s, 80s look. look. Right. Um, which, like, I mean, it works really well. And I think he's such a talented kid. Yeah. Like, because he plays such different characters. So you know that it's not just him playing him, which is good. That's true. He was the classic um, kind of trope of Stephen King having a kid that speaks in overly sexualized language. Yes. And <laughs> if, you, if you watch it too his character just mm-hmm. gets so well developed and you're kind of like oh i see okay. the reasons why you're why you're being like this because we didn't really get to see what his trauma was did we no he he just said about being scared of clowns but in yeah. it too you do get to see his one because yeah so the premise of it too i'm not gonna give you any spoilers as such but the premise of it too is that they all have to do the you know the blood bond at the end of this where they all said if he yeah. if we haven't killed him we'll come back they didn't mm-hmm. manage to kill him so they all have to go back to Derry um, right so you get to see his like story arc and you get to see what his trauma is and like what his mm. fears are so that sounds really interesting maybe I will have to watch the second one 
But the that's you've just picked up, and I guess it's kind of skipping to the end a little bit, and we will go come back to like the middle. But that was another thing that kind of bothered me, and maybe I'm I'm probably really overthinking it. But when they all kind of cut their hands and and promise, I was like, you do know this is the eighties, like the middle of the AIDS crisis. <laughs> what well, are you doing? They, they, <laughs> they, did, they did mention the AIDS crisis in it as well. I know. I was um, like, don't swap blood, mate. That's just, no, no. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah, but the 80s was also a time for, like, groups of kids to do blood bonds. <laughs> Is that what they did in the 80s? I must yes. have missed out. I, don't, I was only alive for, like, 11 months of it. So. <laughs> well, I was only alive for 10 months of it. But... <laughs> well, but you managed to get one blood bond in at least. <laughs> oh, at least. I mean, I'm, I'm the youngest of six kids, so I'm sure that there was numerous. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. I um, just I don't know. It just really stuck out to me. I was just like, oh mate, don't do that. <laughs> they haven't, you know, they don't know how to deal with this. It's a death sentence at the moment. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, by the time by the time it's uh, they've they've grown up, they've got it basically under control. So it's all good. <laughs> That's true. By the time they have developed into fully grown adults and come back to kill a clown again. They can be on medication, if needs be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's the other thing with the amount of, like, obviously they're all, like, young kids. I mean, mm. they're teenagers, but um, the, like, age-wise, I don't know exactly their ages, but um, I'm assuming, like, middle school. And, I guess they were, like, 14. Yeah. And so, like, we can realistically assume that they're not sexually active. And also the fact that they all joke around mm. about it. In, well, I say they all. That's not true. One of them jokes around and says about how the rest of them are virgins, <laughs> but he's clearly a virgin. Um, but they they might not be sexually active, but, uh, like, the, some of them have been abused. So there is the mm. chance of, like... STDs being spread. Deeper horrors. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Another thing that threw me off. I, I know I'm really being being really picky and I'm not talking about the scary things here. But you know when they threw that bin on her in the bathroom at the oh, beginning? Oh, yes. What the fuck was in that bin? Who is putting all that watery shit? Are they peeing in that bin? Did you not see when you one goes in, in the background, there's one of the other girls is filling up the bin of water? Oh, well, I did not see that. <laughs> I did not see that. I was just like, who has a bin full of all this shit? <laughs> well, yes. But. Also, if they, if they didn't, then yeah, there's, there's an issue there. But no, there's they were filling up it with water um, ah. ready to throw over her, which is... The amount of bullying in this film is just unbelievable. I... Now, I'm, I mean, I'm British. I've never been to an American high school and I've never been to an American high school in the 80s. But... I mean, there was horrendous bullying in this and it almost seemed like it was like way too over the top. Is it just me? Like, bullying, just, I never saw or experienced anything quite to the extent that it was in this film. Well, I mean, I, as you know, I I was bullied all through school, but, and I'd had like rocks and stuff thrown at me. No one had ever thrown a bin of water on me and no one ever pulled a knife on me um but 
I think maybe, yeah, I think it was slightly over the top, but I think that plays into the trauma that all the adults have had and that they're passing that on to their kids. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but, like, have you ever heard of a bully, like, carving something into someone's stomach? Like, that was, that was extreme. Like, oh, don't get me was, wrong. Yeah. I mean, I know that people, you know, unfortunately people, like, throw things at people and they say mean things to people, but I think the whole kind of threatening people with knives and cutting into their flesh i was like this is a lot this is a lot i mean i know stephen king also wrote carrie which is also about horrific bullying but i was just like it was so extreme it kind of took me out of it a little because it seemed so over the top yeah i yeah i get that but i think i think if you See, it, oh yeah, it didn't take me out of it because I was like, oh, look at these little shits. And then when you see the their parents, you're like, oh, they're in a cycle of like trauma and bullying. And mm. that does, I'm not saying to the extreme, but they do have that thing where it's like, oh yeah, you do, it, like the bullied become the bullies, which... Yeah, but then I, I didn't, just... I didn't feel like the catharsis of, seeing the bully die or get killed or anything like that because or go missing or any of those things that happened to some of the bullies i didn't really feel the catharsis of that because i was like yeah but they were abused <laughs> like yeah. they are more complex characters they're not just one dimensional so therefore i don't get the you know what i mean like you don't get the catharsis of oh and the bad guy's gone um <laughs> yeah but, but that's you, that's something i kind of love i love like the complexity of it yeah but then they still like it's... but then they still had to have their comeuppance and it's just like well, is that fair do you well, know what i mean but yeah. it's i mean it was in self-defense that he got his comeuppance mm. but i guess but yeah it was definitely you weren't like yay look at him die <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, yeah that was not it like... was just like mixed feelings yeah. Uh, whereas when the dad, <laughs> when he killed the dad, I wasn't like, oh no. I was like, yeah, you stab him. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's saying a lot about you, Kim. <laughs> well, I, I hate, I hate bullies, like in any capacity. But when it's a pe- person of power bullying a minor, like really, that's what you're gonna, you're gonna humiliate and belittle and bully a child that you are meant to be caring for. Yeah, I guess like. <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't feel bad in that situation, but I don't know. I don't know. So, what was like your favorite part of this film? Why did this you recommend this film? What was the bit that you wanted to maybe kind of discuss? Um, so, I mean, well, for me, it's it's the overall thing. I love the I love that they are doing, showing like inner demons manifesting to a larger scale that other people then become aware of. I love the like background of it being hidden and all of the adults just sort of brushing over the fact that so many kids are missing and so many adults are missing and no one's talking about it. They just, if your kid goes missing, you put a poster up and then as soon as the next kid goes missing, another poster goes up and is like brushed over which is i mean that still happens to this day if you look especially at like like people of color or uh, indigenous people who go missing at a much higher rate than 
white people uh and it's get they get like so much less media coverage for example um so i was just like oh i think it's like it's got so many good messages in it um and then with a bit of a campy clown added on top i didn't realize that there were more poc people that went missing obviously um oh yeah in in um in Derry, it's it's like equal like color doesn't matter although obviously there's a lot more white people in Derry, but in real life um a lot more poc people go missing oh um, okay i thought you were commenting on the film and i couldn't remember that there was a clear distinction yeah no no there's not made. the only distinction that he's made about race in the film really is the fact that mike is an outsider and that he's mm. like the only black kid um yeah in a very white town but no i i just as in like in real life the the fact that it still happens to this day that people are just forgotten or brushed over um yeah it's just such a weird weird thing why do you think that like obviously it's like commenting on society but why do you think that in the film the families who clearly seem to actually like be grieving the loss of the children that are disappearing why do you think that they move on so quickly when it is happening at such an accelerated rate and there isn't more of a concern i think in oh sorry the area um yeah so i think it's because of Derry itself um having watched the second film obviously i'm at a slight advantage of they discuss it a lot more there okay um but it's yeah Derry itself and i think because it's at such a high rate it's like you, it's easy for the general public to forget but i also think Derry has this weird energy and weird like magical thing about it where for for example in the in the second film when they leave Derry, they all kind of forget about what happened so do you think that this monster it um kind of also not only is taking the children but has a way of making people forget making yes. brushing things over making things seem normal when he because that would obviously allow him to suck their souls or whatever he was doing yes absolutely take take their feed on their fear okay. yeah okay yeah okay i mean that kind of yeah that kind of makes sense isn't it because in some ways that's that's what happens in in real life unfortunately yeah is that we some people will always kind of stay stuck in that moment and it will tear them apart. But for most people, to be able to cope, they have to move on. Yes. But that sometimes means that those people who are not, uh, you know, no justice is found for them, then they don't get to, you know, um, you know, the problem doesn't stop. Yes. Um, evil still kind of exists and people ignore evil because it's easier to live a life where kind of almost like ignorance is bliss um, move on move past it rather than you know uh, being you know hunting down trying to work out exactly what is happening well, so yeah. do you think like do, do you think that also um, this is question because obviously the film is set in the 80s yes the original book is set i believe in the 50s or 60s mm -hmm. 
So do you think that um, the prevalence of like it being around is also based on kind of the amount of fear that people are feeling culturally in those periods? Uh, yeah, I think I think Stephen King in general sort of does sort of play on the on the fear of the present time. Like I, I've just finished reading one of his other books called Cell that was... Um, set in the 90s when cell phones had just sort of become big um mm. and it's anyone who had a cell phone basically turned into this like almost zombie like creature that attacked and was making everyone like turn into a cell person basically and um because obviously there was such a fear about radio waves then and and phones being like bad for you so i think i think a lot of it is very much played on the current fears in society that and i think that that he does that very well in it um and i think that it's the same it too does okay. the same as well well because i was going to say obviously like the 1950s i can't remember if it's the 1950s or 60s that the original is set in do you know uh off the top of my head no even though i'm reading it um <laughs> <laughs> so if it's like the 1950s then obviously that is a time um when um you have the first example of like uh nuclear weapons mm -hmm. and the cold war is starting and you've got all those sorts of fears uh starting to happen over kind of uh, disparate um ideologies between the ussr and usa mm -hmm. and then if it's the 60s then you have like even more so of a um fear of um like young people um becoming their own like individual agents and like having their own agency even um vietnam war. and the vietnam war and you have race relations mm -hmm. um like civil rights and uh, that's obviously in the 50s as well but um you know in america the civil rights act comes into place and I think it's 1964 mm -hmm. um you have assassination of presidents these are fearful times yep. um and you also have like the fear of mutually assured destruction um related to the cold war so these are all kind of times of fear and then the 1980s is um a time where you've got the second cold war with ronald reagan mm -hmm. the beefing up of all of um these weapons of uh, mass destruction and you know like, like building up the army even more so putting funds into that you've got mm -hmm. this disease that nobody knows how to control um and then i believe the second one which i haven't actually watched but that's set more in the present day yes. which is at a time when people are becoming more fearful of uh lots of different things uh the far right climate change um immigration all of these different things where people have their own kind of fears and and i just wonder if like there is a point being made there or not if i'm reading too much into it but that's why <laughs> the character is able to kind of survive because the town is consumed by so much cultural fear that's such an interesting uh point like because obviously he so he comes back it comes back every uh 27 years and the points that you've made there oh, about so it's, what was oh, going yeah. on is like mm. i wonder if if Stephen King did look at in history when like huge turns had been or whether it was coincidental or whether I mean or whether there's just always something that we should fear going on which is probably the correct one there <laughs> um. yeah because I guess like the 90 if it was the 1950s like mid 1950s go back 27 years you've got like the great depression mm -hmm. 
go back a little bit before um, that, you have, even if it's a little bit before the Great Depression, you've got um, this liberal time where people were, um, you know, not being quite so conservative. Uh, girls were drinking and wearing short skirts. Um, Showing <laughs> their ankles of, like, off. stuff. <gasps> I know. Um, and then, of course, you've got like 1912. That, I mean, yeah. So you've got like, like, I don't know how, I'm not like doing the maths because math is not my subject. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, you've got like, like the Spanish flu. Turn of the 20th, turn of the 20th century, you've got um, lots of things happening in terms of like um, different kind of war. I don't know a lot of um, American history from that time, the late 1800s, but you've got lots of like issues with war. You've got lots of issues with um, kind of race obviously still happening. You've got, um, you know, you know, what I mean, like lots, lots of kind of issues with um, societies changing, and therefore, whenever society changes for positive or for ill, um, people um, get fearful. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I'm probably just and making up a load of shit. No, but I love it. I love <laughs> that you read into it, even if, even if it is complete bullshit. I love that that was what was read into it because it's you're so right the whole the whole film is about fear and being consumed by it and some and other, and this demon living off <laughs> your fear so of course society is going to have that as well like it, I just think that that's such an interesting way of looking at it and the I know in in it too in it chapter 2 there there is some like um native american um aspects to it as well um so it could go back like to there where obviously the white man came over and killed and had war with native americans um and took all their land and so yeah it could it could have stemmed every 27 years from there you know well that's another thing i wanted to ask do you know why it's 27 years because initially i thought maybe that was when maybe this monster had been um, somebody who had died tragically and like his soul had turned or turned into a monster and he was 27 when that happened or something. Do you know what I mean? Something like that, why it was a number 27. But I don't remember there being a reason explained for why it was 27. Yeah, there's... I don't know if I just missed that. No, there, there's nothing in the first one to explain why it's every it's 27 years. It's in the second years. one. There's a lot more, yeah, there's a lot more background on it um, in the second one, but... Okay. It has been a couple of years since I saw it because I saw it when it first came out and then okay. once since then. So it came out when I was farming because I walked um, to like, it, I think it was like an hour and 45 minutes to the cinema to watch it mm. alone um, and then walked <laughs> back to the hostel um, and the next day yeah. I got up and farmed some more zucchinis. Oh, such fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, and then I've seen it once since then. So, yeah, I really want to rewatch it. And Okay. Maybe we need to revisit it then. Yeah, I think we should. I think maybe in a in a few weeks we'll. Uh, I I might be like, and today, surprise, we're doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So just in time for Christmas, you were like, let's watch something that'll scare the shit out of you, Absolutely. or at the very least, offer you some context. Yes. Fill some of those, you know, mysteries. Well, yeah. You seem Fill to have a lot of un unanswered questions, which I I love. I I think that that's. Uh, I think that at least it's piqued your interest. Now, I, I want to know your overall view of the film. Obviously, I know you've shared quite a bit there of of ups and downs, but yeah, I want to yeah your overall view like of it. 
overall, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it necessarily as like a horror movie. It didn't scare me. But then I think you did that kind of on purpose because you know I'm a fucking wuss. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know I'm not scared of clowns. So you knew it was a bit, a bit of a safe bet. Um, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. And um, obviously like I've, I've read into it way too much. And I had a lot of fun with it because it was, because I wasn't scared of clowns, some of the, particularly the Pennywise bits were just quite ridiculous to me because for some people that would be terrifying. But for me, it was not. And so it was just really campy. Um, maybe it's campy as well for people who are scared of clowns. I don't know. But um, but I really enjoyed that because, you know, I love a fucking clamp classic. <laughs> and this might have to go in there, you know. It's uh, not quite as horrifying as a film like Mummy Dearest, but just as camp. So <laughs> I, um, I appreciated um, a lot of it for that. And I did enjoy being um, overly critical of some of their behaviours. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. During the thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? I know I'm like picking out really small bits because um, clearly, clearly that's what I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I got so annoyed with her when she was cutting her hair because I was like, you're going to have blocked drains, mate. And then when she did, I wasn't even sorry for her. I was like, that's what you get, mate, isn't it? That's what happens. You threw all that hair down there and you had to get it back out again. I love, um, <laughs> I love that that's your takeaway from the um, scary scene. scene. <laughs> like... She deserved it. She made herself into Molly Ringwald and then she th- she flushed it all down the sink. What do you expect? Um, and as a driver, I would have got fucking annoyed with all those bikes in the road. Oh, in fairness, actually, that's one bit I did. Uh, I was like, oh my God, you can tell it's the 80s because they just abandoned all their bikes in the middle of the road. I know. I was like, what are you doing? But at the same time, I found that really fun. For me, the experience of watching this was a little bit similar to when I watched um, Train to Busan. Have you seen that film? Yes, yes I have. It's a South Korean kind of horror film and he's on a train and there's zombies and he's like running up and down the train trying to save himself and the other people that are still alive. And I didn't find that movie scary. I found it really fun though. And this is that's exactly what I kind of had with this film. There were, I was watching it, I was enjoying it I was laughing I was um screaming at the, not screaming but I was like kind of shouting things at the at the at the screen just being like what are you doing um <laughs> and that that is a level of engagement which I wasn't expecting going in so oh, that's good I really enjoyed it in that way um I didn't find it scary but I did think it was really fun and I would be interested to kind of know how many people when they watch it are scared or how many are enjoying it as a kind of a mildly scary, but also kind of campy fun romp. Oh, yeah, that would be so interesting to find out. Well, I mean, anyone listening to this, head over to our um, Instagram, which is Heavenly Features Pod, and uh, let us know. We'll put up a post for this week's episode and let us know whether you were scared or enjoyed the campness or what your thoughts were. Um, Okay, so... uh, I guess I guess uh, we've uh, talked it to death. Um, so, <laughs> oh, uh, so witty, huh? oh, I know you're welcome. Um, so uh, I guess we'll move on to your pick for this week. So my pick, um, I didn't really think about it much at all because I don't really watch a huge amount of horror films. 
And so one of the only ones that I ever was like truly obsessed with was when I was a teenager. And that was a film called Ginger Snaps. Kim will be well aware of it because (laughs) I had it on DVD and we did watch it an excessive amount. Um, (laughs) It was on rotation. Whenever we came back from like um, a... Uh, party or just you know getting drunk in a park that sort of thing that you do as a teenager um we would come back slump on a couch and we would either watch little uh not little, pretty women uh while you were sleeping or ginger snaps <laughs> and those were like the, the three films which yes so out of those three i'd say ginger snaps was probably my least favorite <laughs> but it was definitely a uh one on heavy rotation <laughs> so uh even when we had a recent like adult sleepover we're like teenagers trying to reclaim our youth um <laughs> we um ginger snaps was brought up as a contender for a movie to watch and several people said no and <laughs> so i think i've scarred um people quite a bit um yeah i definitely was um a little bit obsessed with this film when i was a teenager it really spoke to my like angsty morbid sensibility um at the time (laughs) being um a young depressed female um (laughs) who was self-medicating and self-harming so i was like this is my film uh i love it um i really (laughs) i know like i made you guys watch it way too much but um, I first discovered it when it was on like BBC Two late at night on TV, um, and it's just like a really—it's not a great film, but it's like it's a pretty good, I think, low-budget horror. Like it gets a lot of things right. It's not amazing. Oh, hundred percent. Um, one of the things I really loved about it is obviously like the sisters' relationship, um, and personally, I fucking dug their fashion oh my god a good chunky knit layered skirts i mean they were pushing boundaries and i really enjoyed it um if i could have had their wardrobe i would have um i know it's a niche wardrobe not everyone would want it but i seriously fucking loved it i really wanted to be there (laughs) i was that age um and i fucking love their like bathroom bedroom uh basement bedroom with like um you know like a, a big purple wall it had like um, all these like pictures from their death projects up all over the place. I definitely did a death project inspired by this film for my art GCSE. I am aware. Um, I am fully aware of your death project. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, can I just say, now that I work in a school, um, I'm surprised more alarms weren't raised to the staff <laughs> um, because nowadays um, that would at least be a conversation that needed to be had with that student. But um, this was the 2000s and that didn't happen. This, the, amount, um, <laughs> the amount of stuff that we we were waving the most gigantic red flags at every adult and all of them just mm. were like, la la la. I know, look, I'm obsessed with death and seem to never want to show my arms. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Honestly. Seriously. It's, um, it is, see, okay. This film, like, how, obviously I just rewatched it for this and I haven't, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. And mm. I totally was like, 100% get why Sophie is obsessed with this. Um, <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm like... See, because I didn't relate to either of them, even though I was, as you said, like a depressed, angsty, like self-harming teenager. Like, <laughs> I I didn't relate to either of them, and as a teenager, um, and I'm not sure why that was, because you would think that it would be the perfect film for 
me to relate to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that either of them are particularly like you in personality. No. So, I mean, not that I'm as particularly like them in personality. I'm certainly not like Ginger. I would say I'm more of a, a shy, mousy little Br- uh, Bridget. <laughs> yes, she, <laughs> who yes. just obsessively follows people around. But you did do um, your death project with someone who was slightly like Ginger. More of a Ginger, yeah. <laughs> um, so, hmm, wonder why I related so much. Um, and she also turned into a raging beast, so it's fine. <laughs> that, that is true, um, yes. And we killed that friendship. Um, <laughs> Luckily, that's as far as it went. There was no actual death involved. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, only in my mind. Um, <laughs> oh, not just your mind. Pretty... Mine as well. <laughs> yeah, we a... yeah, we had a pretty big falling out. Uh, but anyway, that's in the past. Um... <laughs> yes, clearly we're over it. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey. Um, but oh, I was just like so obsessed. And considering that I... Um, wouldn't necessarily say that I was like full blown suicidal, but I, death was certainly an obsession of mine. And so even just like the kind of like outside dead uh, sixteen or dead in the scene, but together for fucking ever, I was like, oh, it's so angsty. I love it. Um, See, I, <laughs> I have definitely been like fully suicidal in at numerous points yeah. in my life. Um, so yeah, that bit I totally did like, and the wanting to get out of the small town that doesn't understand you. Yeah. I, I yeah I kind of got all of those bits but I, I I never could see I had a weird thing where I couldn't see myself when I was older like in the future but I also couldn't see myself taking my life so it was like a weird kind of purgatory that I was in <laughs> um, like this like this weird kind of status um, where nothing kind of really moved or shifted in any direction so that's what I mean by like not being like full-blown suicidal because i couldn't imagine that i would take my life that did not does not mean that i did not constantly have thoughts about taking my life at that time yes uh, i 100%. just never could see myself actually doing it um so but is, is that because thing. you couldn't see yourself <laughs> doing anything because you couldn't see a future possibly or... yeah i mean it's taken me like a long time to unpick some of the things that led to me having mental health issues in the first place um i think some of them are to do with um uh my sexuality so i'm asexual so the i that was not a word that was ever mentioned to me and i literally came across it um accidentally um yeah as an adult as well only like as an as an adult only like five years ago i'm 32 (laughs) so (laughs) i was like 27 when i even first heard of the word uh, maybe 26 because I did procrastinate for a year I heard the word and went oh I'll look into that and then didn't for a year <laughs> so that's on me that's on me okay that mental health issue over that one year that is due to my procrastination but like growing up and not um, seeing yourself in the world and not understanding why you feel or don't feel certain things when other people do um, there was I wasn't even aware that that was the maybe my root as they would say in um, <laughs> But I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> That's my route. But um, I would not have kind of ever been able to put a name to how I was feeling. And I like in this film that the girls never say 
why they are so moody, depressed, angsty. They are just these outcast teens and there is no reason for them behaving the way they do. And for me personally, who couldn't pinpoint any reason why um, I, you know, didn't feel connected to society in the way that other people did and that I kind of therefore kind of had a lot of issues, um, shall we say, um, I found that more relatable than say films which whether people have a reason for behaving the way that they do um yeah. for being depressed or whatever i found it much more relatable we don't know why they are so morbid um but it's very relatable uh, yeah. for me personally the, as a teenager. the one thing i will so. say about them is they very much had that sort of uh hipster-esque vibe where they when they were like oh you try so hard to not fit in Whereas mm. I never felt, I never felt like that. I just, I just didn't fit in. No, I would agree. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us in our group really fit in that well. No, we um, still don't. And day. we were not, and we were not trying to not fit in. It wasn't like, oh, we want to be the cool outcast. It was just like, oh, they're not the kind of people we want to hang out with. And if we're not hanging out with them, then I guess we're hanging out with each other. <laughs> and still to this day, I guess we we're are. friends, guys. <laughs> but i do no yeah. one else understands but i think also like at the, at the in school for me it was never a case of oh those aren't the sort of people i want to hang out with as in not you guys mm. i mean like the others it was they didn't want to hang out with me whereas yeah. now as an adult i'm like oh those are not the sort of people i would want to hang out with and i think yeah that like it took me a long time to get to a point where i had any sort of self-worth but mm. Uh, and again, as you said, I think a lot of that is true lack of representation in media. Um, if you don't see anyone who's like you, you automatically are like, well, I guess I'm a complete outcast loner weirdo. Exactly, exactly. So like, that's why in this film, um, although like they don't share the same kind of route for why they're behaving the way that they are, as far as I'm aware anyway, um, the fact that they don't have a reason for being the way they are, but are the way they are, was really relatable. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just fucking loved it as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's it's so important to see people who are going through similar things. Obviously, they don't necessarily have to be the same, but having people who are going through something, but they it doesn't ever say what it is, or they don't say it makes you feel seen because you don't know why you're going through that. Or, for example, seeing someone who's asexual or seeing someone who's trans or non-binary or queer in whatever way means so much to you because you're like, oh, finally, there's someone I can sort of half understand why I feel the way I feel. Yeah, I think like just seeing representation is always important, particularly like... So we talk quite a lot amongst, you know, between ourselves about, like, it's important to have representation in terms of, like, race and um, sexuality and gender um, and all of these different things. But I think it's also important to have um, representation in terms of mental health um, and different ways. Now, we can't always relate 100% to what um, certain characters and films and stuff go through. There will always be different reasons um or ways that they've come into being in that mental state mm -hmm. but i do think that it's important to see something like i can watch something like girl interrupted yes. and that does not personally relate to me um i don't have anything um supposedly that anyone in that 
story has. However, watching this, although it's not specifically said what it is, they are clearly both in some way mentally depressed. Um, <laughs> there's something going on there. And, although, and for me personally, not having a reason for why they're behaving that way. And it's just maybe um, a uh, example of how teenagers can, can go through depression was a really big thing because I didn't necessarily see that anywhere unless the person had experienced huge trauma. Yeah. And as somebody who, as far as I was aware, have not experienced huge trauma in that way, it's still really important to see characters who are similar to you, behaving in similar ways. Um, and it's not just being a teenager. This is being a teenager, but also having a mental health issue that is not necessarily um, uh, caused by anything that you can either put your, put, put, you know, kind of put your finger on mm -hmm. or is um, just like a, a, a more extreme version, perhaps, of what other teenagers might be feeling. Um, because obviously there are people who go through their teenage years and thankfully don't have any um, mental health issues or don't get to a yeah. point where it spirals. But then there are, of course, there are those that do. And whether that's genetic or it's something else, whatever it is, you know, there are people that, that suffer from it more severely. And there would be people way further on the spectrum that suffered from it way more severely than I ever did as a teenager. Mm -hmm. But um, I think just having those different representations different reasons for people getting there or lack of reasons is really important and that's one of the reasons why it was an important film 100 percent. it's and uh, like i also think like you were saying about how not having a, a reason necessarily because i think that so often mental health and trauma are put together which obviously is a big thing but it doesn't necessarily have to correlate. It doesn't necessarily have to have that. And also, even if you have had trauma, or f for me, any time I've had any trauma that has, like, I've got underlying mental health issues anyway, then if I've had trauma on top of that, like, I, I always then go, oh, well, you know, other people have had it worse. Like, I shouldn't, like, make a fuss about it or whatever. And it's like mm. downplaying your own mental health because you've seen just mm. such extremes and that's really unhealthy yeah. whereas having just mental health issues is a legitimate genuine chemical imbalance that is really hard to go through and you don't need to be able to pinpoint an exact reason for having them yeah well that's the thing like i say like i know that some of my mental health issues have stemmed from um issues surrounding my sexuality not in a way that i am um ashamed of my, sexu oh, God, no. my sexuality but more so that it has been a difficult thing for me to understand and place myself in a world particularly for a world that is not really set up to fully understand what that is yeah. and still stigmatizes it so that's been a long journey um particularly because i didn't know what the fuck it was for a long time um <laughs> but it's been a, like a long journey to get there and i just think that um kind of sometimes but i i know that that is a reason that stem you know i'm not saying this very uh well um, i know that's a real i know that's a reason that influenced 
my mental health. Yeah. Do I know it's the cause? I don't know. Do I know whether it was just a, lack, a chemical imbalance? I don't know. Um, either way, I don't have any shame in whatever led me to that place. No. Uh, so it's a sort of thing where it's, it's, it's important to understand those things. We are fucking reading into this so much. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> but it's it's so true though, because like when I when I was watching it, I like the main thing I was picking up on the whole way through was the feelings of just depression and hopelessness and for whatever reason not fitting in and that's like and they Mm. were the only people in that town who they could see felt like that so they latched onto each other so much which I think is similar to to us and our friend group behave the way they did where we we yeah. all had these underlying issues that stemmed yeah, from so many different things. And so we, we all gravitated towards each other because we were like, oh, it might not be the same, but we're all going through something that is different to what we've seen yeah. normally. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, um, also, we can all be sarky little bitches. Oh, just yes. Like they, <laughs> uh, they made some cutting comments, so... Uh, and, and certainly at that age, I was so judgmental of other people, and I'm sure they were judging me. But it was, um, it, it just really, for this, for me, this film, at the time, it was really engrossing because I felt it really reflected a, a, a teenage experience, which, minus the werewolf, was very <laughs> familiar. Um, I mean, we definitely had one of those as well. Uh, well, um, but, oh God. Um, oh, but I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it is just, um, but even though looking back now, it's just really nostalgic for good and bad. Saying, looking back and going, wow, that really was kind of the way that I behaved at that time was not too dissimilar from some of these characters in this story. Um, so I think that's why it's just a really nostalgic film for me and why I wanted to talk about it. Um, obviously, it's got the um, message in there, which is, is it's not subtle. The idea that being a... Uh, a girl who goes through puberty is like becoming a raging monster that changes you. Um, it's like a parasite that invades you and takes over and you become more aggressive like a monster would. More, uh, you get hairy like a werewolf. Um, you And you have <laughs> you this have sexual, with blood. sexual appetite that you can't control, that you're not yeah. sure whether it is just sexual or whether you want to eat people. <laughs> exactly like is it cramps or are you turning into a werewolf who knows yeah. your your body's changing is it that you're growing a table or a tail or are you growing boobs <laughs> exactly exactly it's just it's not subtle but in a way i kind of love that it just put it out there on the plate when you think about how like periods and stuff are so shushed and you know swept under the rug and nobody talks about it everyone's just like oh it's my time of the month nobody just says i'm on my fucking period um you know it's just i i quite like that it was just out there and it was this really non-subtle um kind of metaphor extended metaphor for <laughs> what it's like to be a teenage girl going through puberty it's like becoming a werewolf guys <laughs> i especially i especially think that when we were watching it back then periods were not spoken about really at all oh no definitely not definitely not it i mean even nowadays though like think about it if you're working in an office maybe you're at school something like that and you need to 
go to the toilet because you're on your period do you get a sanitary towel or a, a tampon or whatever it is do you take something like that and just walk across uh, the office to the toilet and use it or do you you know put it in your pocket do you hide it up the sleeve of your cardigan and you walk there and make sh- and so people don't yeah you know, people don't even then it's like a hidden thing and it's like you should just be able to go guys i'm on my period i need to go again um <laughs> what you know who relates but that's not something that that happens it's still something that's not talked about a huge amount it's it's better but it's not a big thing and uh whereas it's such a bizarre thing because you know everybody is is having a period at some point like every well not everybody like majority of of people with uteruses have a period at some point every month yeah and of a certain age and, but you know what i mean yes there is there is a high so many caveats there a high percentage of people do have periods um exactly that's what i mean there's a whole aisle dedicated to it and yet we can't just say oh my god i think i'm leaking better go to the loo you can't just say that no it's ridiculous and also there's still that stigma of if if a woman or a person with a uterus gets um like annoyed it's like oh must be her time of the month and it's like bitch are we still on that Mm. there's been studies done that cis men Exactly. Get, well, actually, have more technically, hormonal imbalance when they haven't ejaculated than women do. Cis women do on their period. So, I was just about to, I was just about to say that that men technically have a period as well. They have a hormonal imbalance every month, apparently, which is exactly the same. They just don't bleed. Though you know what? I mean, maybe this is show my age, but every time like I have my period, I always get that quote from South Park, uh, the movie in my head, where it's like, I just don't trust anything that bleeds for five days and doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, why is that my reference every time I have a period? <laughs> I fucking love that. That's what pops into your head, and I hate that. That's what's going to pop into my head now every time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's not a huge amount to say about this film. It's just a really nostalgic one for me that I wanted to revisit. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to make Kim revisit it, revisit it as well. One thing, so... one thing I will say is you mentioned about the sheep being killed in it. This film yes. has more dogs being dogs. eaten than any yeah. other film I've ever watched in my entire life. I've watched The Walking Dead and they kill a pack of dogs to eat. This, <laughs> it opens with a I dog know. dying. It sure does. You can tell I'm a cat person. I didn't pick up on it being that problematic. I was sat there with my dog <laughs> watching this film. <laughs> One thing I want to know, like they are obsessed with dogs in this film because first of all, yes, there's all these dogs that get killed. Second of all, like, first of all, how, how you know, in, right at the beginning where that kid is sitting in the sandbox, how does that woman who has probably put her child in that sandbox. How did she not see the bloody paw? Uh, I think that the dog was digging, or like under, or un, like hidden, but I'm not sure why, because I don't know why the werewolf would hide one and leave the rest out in plain sight. But it would have been... what it, this, this dog, whilst it was being eaten by a werewolf, buried its own paw. Well, no, I... <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> I think the werewolf buried it. But... I don't know. <laughs> no, but um, it didn't also, make sense. Who takes their dog to school? There were so many weird things with dogs. 
There really was, but it, like I don't know, was that a metaphor for like being a bitch or like I don't know. <laughs> Or like all the dogs werewolf i don't know it was it was weird i hope it was maybe you know the main bitch what was her name i can't remember the the popular lady um <laughs> maybe that was meant to kind of represent that she was a bitch who knows uh bitches in heat man <laughs> it's just <laughs> it is a fucking weird film it's very weird i mean if you like dogs maybe don't watch this because ginger also kicks a dog in the face <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's like, a lot of de- dead dogs and picking yeah. up of dead dogs. Like, if you see a dog, it's going to die. If you hear a dog, it'll die. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's... <laughs> I didn't think of that when sending it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I literally was like, okay, Bear, we're going to watch a nice film now. Because uh, so, I hadn't remembered about all the dead dogs. I'd obviously blocked that from my mind. <laughs> And so we sat down to watch it, and I was like, oh, not appropriate for Bear. There's a lot of dead dogs. I mean, in all fairness, there were no dead chihuahuas. No, in fairness. So. Well, I mean, also, how many of the people just left their dog out in the garden? I know, they all seem to leave them out in a kennel. And I was like, especially when you know there's some kind of weird person going around or animal going around killing animals, wouldn't you keep it inside? Yeah. Like, I, there's no animal around here going around killing animals that i'm aware of and bear sleeps in bed with me well i don't think he'd he'd survive if he slept in a kennel outside oh God, no, no he's a bit too precious he is he is definitely too <laughs> precious he's my little princess <laughs> oh dear well wrapping up then uh we've spoken about it and ginger snaps now we need to think about what we're going to watch next week oh what is yes. going to be your recommendation okay for me and what am i going to recommend for you yeah okay all right well i think i think you should go first this time so what are you going to recommend for us to watch so i'm sticking with uh, a spooky theme in a way it's but it's not a horror film i'm going to it's an old film though nice so and i'm not sure if you will have watched it before um but it's a film called i married a witch and it's got uh, veronica lake in it and um, it's kind of uh, a comedy, um, but it's it's witchy, so it's kind of also appropriate for Halloween or this kind of spooky time of year. So I thought it could... I haven't watched it, in all fairness, for a good couple of years, so I don't know if we're going to have much to say other than, oh, I like that, or <laughs> I don't like that. But um, <laughs> I remember really enjoying it when I watched it, so I just thought it'd be a fun little one to watch, and perhaps one that you... Yes, it's um, it's not one I've seen, so I'm excited to to sit down and watch a film that I haven't seen and have like not really even any references to. So I'm I'm excited for that. Um, Okay, so I have not stuck to the Halloween film theme. That's okay. The spooky horror film thing. Uh, so I am recommending for us to watch The Matrix. Now, oh shit! So you, I haven't watched that in a long time. I nor have I. I haven't watched it since I was a teenager, and I haven't watched it since I found out about the like trans messaging. Yes, that's true. Yes. So the I'm Wachowski sisters. Exactly. So I really want to watch it, and like yeah. from the point of view of trans, like through like okay seeing that so yeah i'm that would be i'm excited really to watch it 
Yeah, because I haven't watched that film since I was doing like A Level Philosophy and we were watching it more on the whole, um, there's a lot of philo philosophical um, theories that they play with in there. Um, so I haven't really watched it um, to looking at gender and things like that. So I think that could be really interesting. Um, okay, so I well I'm recommended. Ex Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, I, I'm excited to hear your... <laughs> Uh, like philosophical things that you obviously did during A-levels because I did not do A-levels. So uh, I'm excited um, to hear your... Do you think I remember that? <laughs> okay. Shit, it's been like 15 years. <laughs> Fair enough. At least. Okay, well... I'll I, see if I can remember. Yeah, I, but I'm, I'm excited <laughs> But I've to... recommended something... Oh, sorry, I keep talking. I've... It's, it's <laughs> the internet, it's not you. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I've I've uh, recommended a film where there's possibly going to be very little to say, and you've won picked a film where you could unpick it for days. <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I mean, that that could work out well because we'll start with yours and be like, okay, and we okay, watched we're done. it. It's been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I I have no reference for you, the film you've recommended. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Awesome. All right. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you for listening to Heavenly Features. Uh, remember to uh, rate, review and subscribe and uh, follow us on social media at Heavenly Features Pod. That's on Instagram. Yeah, I don't think we have anything else, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just thought I'd say because you said like follow us on social media. And I was like, it's specifically on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start a Twitter. <laughs> I don't use Twitter. Okay, we'll stick with just Instagram then. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, we're doing well. Okay. <laughs> so, follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. <laughs> and we hope to uh, join in a conversation with you there. And if you have any films that you think would be interesting for us to talk about, um, please leave your recommendations there as well, because um, I'm always up for watching new and interesting films absolutely uh, you'll also find we've got a page on the 18 maiden lane productions website uh, so head over to 18 maidenlane.com uh, have a look on our page there you'll see what films we are watching uh, each week cool so uh we will see you next week see you then bye. bye this podcast has been brought to you by 18 maiden lane productions